On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, the bros are bringing back the Resistance recap. But as a special bonus, they're also going to be talking about two new Mandalorian revelations at the end of the cast. And they'll also give you some details on how the show is going to morph a bit while the Mandalorian and Star Wars Resistance are airing concurrently. Cue the music. Welcome back to a special edition of the Star Wars Time Show. I know we took last week off. That's because Nick, you know, he, he was he was working till the midnight hours on real life shit. Yes. Boo, hiss, yuck. But we're back now, and it's a special cast. So we're going to talk about Star Wars Resistance. But before we get into that, I've got some updates on how the show's going to be flowing for these really through the end of December. So, hey. We've got a lot of Star Wars content right now, thanks to the release of Disney+, and we're just two dudes, so we can't sit here and cover everything, give every show their own special topic cast. So what we're going to do while The Mandalorian is in season, as well as Resistance being in season, we're going to flop things a little bit. Instead of giving Resistance its own special cast to recap and talk about each week's new episode, we're going to go ahead and give that time to The Mandalorian, and we're going to move the Resistance recap discussions on to the primetime show. I'm still not sure if we're going to keep the primetime show recording Tuesday to release Wednesday or if we'll flop those two, but it doesn't matter because you should just be t- paying attention to StarWarsTime.net or Star Wars Time Show on Instagram because that's where you're going to get all the updates, the goods, and the excellence that you expect from the Star Wars Time Show bros. All right, Nick, so let's get into the meat of this. Uh, I'm kind of excited to talk more Mandalorian after our lengthy discussion last Agreed. night. But before we get there, we, we can't just cast aside our little friend Star Wars Resistance, who, quite frankly, these past three episodes has kind of perplexed us with the direction the narratives have taken. They, they've kind of just forgotten about the whole First Order Resistance conflict, and we're getting more deeper looks at some of these secondary characters. It is what it is. Yeah. They haven't been great, but we're here to discuss the most recent episode, which was called From Beneath. And if you're keeping score, my friends, it's S2E6. And like we said a few weeks ago, we're, we're not doing the full recap anymore. We're really just going to kind of touch on the Easter egg. And in, in this one, it literally was a lone <laughs> Easter egg. And a, I, I had to mine, I'm talking deep core mine, my <laughs> asshole, to pull this one out. Because there's literally nothing in this episode that was uh, Easter egg related to Star Wars or Star Wars references. Yeah, I mean, um, this episode, like you said, we're kind of going to dig into the meat. I would argue here that... that from beneath is is kind of like a chicken bone that's already been eaten so there's very little meat on this motherfucker but um yeah the, the, the eggs and the star wars references are hard to come by when 95 percent of your episode takes place in a brown cave and that's it <laughs> like yeah um and that's where this this episode is primarily placed so um so matt Kind of, you know, hit him with the egg that you found. And I will say that this is an impressive pull, even if it's not directly Star Wars related. I mean, Nick, this one was so stretchy, if you will, that I probably sat there for 20 minutes going, should I really 
sit down and make this video. I mean, over this egg, which, you know, in, in a court of law, it probably wouldn't even hold up as an Easter egg. But I was like, you know what? They, they like watching these videos. I'm going to go ahead and drop it, and we'll see what we get. And lo and behold, a few people watched the video, and they haven't just sat there and said, why did you do this? You're an asshole for wasting your life. <laughs> so you guys ready for the egg? Get ready. It's going to fucking blow your minds. Well, the dragons that are featured in this episode, if you listen to their roar, they sound very similar to McClunky. <laughs> no, so I can't help it. I, like I said on last cast, it's almost become like a Tourette's thing for me. McClunky. But anyways, the, when the dragons roar, Nick, they sound like our homeboy from underneath the planet, the savior of us all, the king of the monsters, Godzilla, or you could argue there's a little Jurassic Park T-Rex in there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Godzilla one is is almost spot on, so I love that pull. The T-Rex one, there is a little bit of a guttural kind of roar to these things as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is about as much as you could do. The only other thing that I could think of is that like the dragons look... If you if you know what a mythosaur looks like, they kind of look similar to a mythosaur in the shape of the body. Yeah, they kind of had that snooty snooty nose, yeah, right? Yeah, and like the long kind of I don't even I don't know how to describe the body, but like the like almost like a like a reptilian body style. Yeah, no, dude, you're you're spot on. Think of like a a Chinese dragon yeah. you'd see in a parade or something. Their dragons are almost like a snake. They're they're very long. They still have legs, yeah. but they're very long with the big heads. And Nick's spot on. I mean, that that's what these things look yeah, like. Yeah. So if you've seen images of mythosaurs, whether it be um, in in old canon or anything like that, like they did kind of have like a like a, a reptilian style look to them and their head was very like you know it, it's not like a crate dragon a crate dragon looks almost completely different like the the head of the dragon is like very long snout you know the teeth are different they have a lot of horns coming off their head if you look at the you know the mandalorian uh clan like you know insignia then you know kind of what the head looks like but there was a passing resemblance to a mythosaur in the design of this dragon, which was never even officially named. It was just the fucking dragon. Like, they didn't say what, what kind of dragon it was. It was just. I, I thought at one point in time they did, but again, this episode, and I hate, I'm not like, again, this is kind of a kid's show, and I'm almost 40. I'm not sitting here like, oh, this shit's fucking garbage. It's not, but it, it the, this episode was very. As Nick was saying offline, it, it was geared towards kids to teach them lessons yeah. And, about the environment and shit like that. And that's all well and great, but we're talking about a series here that probably only has, what, maybe 12 more episodes? Yeah, I mean... Total? I don't know if they got a if they got a season two renewal for 22 episodes, which is your typical season length for, you know, for TV series. Or if we're getting a reduced number of episodes, but we're on, like you said, Matt, we're on episode six, and I, it, even if they are at a twenty-two uh, episode structure, I mean, we're still clipping through this thing pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I, I'd say Nick, we, I know we're getting one next week, and we'll kind of preview it. I'd say it's that one, and maybe one more before they take their winter break. So yeah, I mean, uh, more than half of this, well. It's a stupid sentence, but it is it is what it is. More than half of this first half of season two has been filler and, and exposition-based episodes, but not for 
the main characters yeah. and the the first order plot thread it's literally been exposition for randos in this case it was you know flicks and orca and it's fine i actually like the dynamic of flicks and orca i guess we should just move into our top moments because there wasn't many to me in my opinion no. but uh just i think we got confirmation that these two are a a gay alien couple at this point in time yeah. so i i kind of dug that i also like the thing with Flix's family and how they're all named. Yeah, I Flicks, thought that was Flocks, funny. It, <laughs> yeah, it's Flix, Flanks, and Uncle Flu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they didn't name like some of the other ones, uh, but I guarantee they're probably FL, FL something. something. Yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. And then just my other top moment, there was only two. I did like when Orca finally got tough, you know, like a little guy like myself. And he's like, you know what? It's fuck out of my way. My buddy's down there. Or my lover, whatever you want to call it, my friend, yeah. and I'm gonna go save him. And he just kind of got in, and then the 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 Flix people are like, "Hey, you know, now we know why Flix likes that guy. He's he's kind of take charge. It's almost like Flix's species. They're just they're almost like lemmings, like looking to be <laughs> guided by something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, those are two. Yeah, I definitely like those those two moments. I mean, the the dynamic between Flix and his family was really fun. Um, granted, yes, they were treating him like shit when they first got there. And like, he was this, you know, the outcast from the family who wanted to leave the family. Like it's essentially like if you know any gay people in your life and you know, you know, gay people that have a strained relationship with their family, it's a very similar. Yeah, you're right, dynamic. man. I mean, they don't, they don't come out and directly reference that. Like I said, I mean, they, they, there's innuendos yeah. really. Like, okay. These dudes are definitely probably hooked up, but I mean, Nick Nick said it right. I mean, essentially, Flix became estranged from these these family members on whatever planet this was because he didn't want to become a minor. He didn't want to get into the family business. He wanted to go be a cantina yeah, singer. Yeah, he wanted to be a cantina. So I think you are spot on. I mean, again, they didn't make that direct correlation. No. Like, Flix was kind of outcast because he was gay. But I, I, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there was a conversation – even at the very front of the episode when they're on the shuttle kind of like going to the planet, there's a conversation between Flix and Orca where, where Orca is basically giving him like the supportive boyfriend talk. He's like, you're, you know, when we get there, they're your family. They're going to love you no matter, no matter what, like they're going to support you. I support you. Like, don't, don't worry about anything. And then obviously we get there, there's strained relationship happening. So like that dynamic was really fun and I enjoyed it. Um, especially through towards the end where like you get the, the reconciliation between the family members. Right. Um, that was fun. The, uh, so again, like kind of similar to Matt, I agree that there were not many top moments at this episode, but the one thing I did enjoy was the, the dragon. I like the design of it mentioning, you know, previously it has kind of like a Chinese dragon type design. I really like the, the, the way that they portrayed the eyes considering, um, the dragon in this episode is averse to light, so the the way that they essentially right, and they can't see. I mean, yeah. much like the T Rex in Jurassic Park, they 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 need motion to see. Exactly. Stuff. So um, I, I was right. It's funny. I mean, it's it's weird that we do a podcast together, but I was literally just about to say. I also wanted to mention that I really like the design of the dragons and all that <laughs> yeah. shit. So, but uh, you know, again, this is the force connection. Yeah. As at any point in the, in the day, I can see Nick naked. All oiled up with no pants. That's on. just how it just, works. Just like Ray and Kyle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's for some reason, whenever I bond with Nick, he's always nude and oiled. Yeah. Up. I mean, 
whenever I see Matt, he's like throwing things against the wall. He's <laughs> just <laughs> angry. He's fucking angry. Yeah. Just, that, that, ah, that this. I mean, literally just tonight before we started podcasting, my poor wife's like, can we can we kind of talk about the you know Thanksgiving schedule and what we're going to do with Charlie? And should, are you going to stay home and this, that, and the other thing? And I turned to her and I said, can you please leave me alone? I'm trying to relax right now. <laughs> like a freak. Like just a freak. I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting there watching Sophia the First with my kid. Nice. Nice. It was like, I just looked there like, don't fucking bother me with that shit. <laughs> like, I do not want to think about that stuff right now. Yeah, it's like, now. please. Like, I, I'm, I'm a fucking weirdo. But Nick's right. I, I kind of live in the... The dark. Live in the anger. I'm, I'm about as sithy as it gets. Yeah. There's no freaking doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's... All right, so yeah. I mean, the episode, I'm like, again, it wasn't like vomit shit. But if you're, if you're watching Resistance to get eggs or little nuggets or insights into the First Order and what they were doing when we couldn't see what they were doing in the films, then you're going to be disappointed. But we've got a preview of next week's episode, which is called The Relic Raiders. And Nick, it looks like, uh, I don't know if we're going to get some, yeah, we are going to get some First Order action, trust me, because I also get uh, images from Disney. And it looks like we're going to see a new style of trooper, so I'm excited for that. But with the preview showed us, Nick, and I, I'm probably even more excited for the potential here, but it looks like Kaz and the two orphan kids, what is it, Cal and Isla, yes. uh, they're going to stumble upon a, a Sith temple while they're out looking to buy supplies, which has been kind of a theme this season, supplies, fuel, food for the Colossus. So I, I, I think the Relic Raiders has some solid potential yeah I, I agree i mean this is the first time that we're really you know exploring the, the the force in any meaningful way in this series and kel and isla were first you know introduced to us in season one as these these orphans from this planet that was completely destroyed by the first order and matt and i i mean offline we were saying this too but even when they were first introduced to us, we're like, we really feel like these kids have some sort of force affinity. Like they seem like they're, they're force kids. And in the preview for the episode they're you know, cat, Cal and Isla run up to this, this derelict looking temple. I mean, it's literally almost collapsed. Um, Kaz follows them in and then Cal and Isla are looking around and right in the middle of the fucking room, you can see a big ass, what is essentially a, a, a representation of a holocron. That's that big-ass yep, triangle Yeah, a Sith holocron at that. Yeah, and, you know, Kel and I are like, oh, man, this looks like a temple that we had, but they're confused. And, and, and I believe it's, it's Isla. The girl says, are those, are those Jedi markings? And, but they're, right, and then we get a, a great reaction from Kaz because he's kind of like the Han Solo. I mean, you got to remember... Kaz was born post all the 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 Sith and Jedi shit, yes, right? Yes. So, I mean, he's he's kind of like Ray and Finn when they first saw Han. They're like, "Oh, all that shit's real. I thought it was just legend." And, and that's a, Kaz gives a very Han Solo reply to the girl yeah. when when she says a Jedi. This he's like, "Jedi Force. Ah, I've never seen it." Yeah, and she's like, "You know, you don't have to always see everything to believe it." Yeah. So, and then you know, as the as the preview kind of mentions in the YouTube comment, like this ends up being a Sith temple. And at the end of the, the, the preview, um, all three of them hear a voice from some, you know, inside, deep inside the temple. And then Kel and Isla run in to go see him. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. This, even though, you know, um, I'm assuming, like you said, because of the, the, uh, the press kit that you got from Disney, we'll, we'll get a little bit more first order plot thrown in here. 
But uh, I'm glad that they're kind of getting outside of the the standardized storylines that they were telling in episodes four, five, and six, where it is kind of focused on like, okay, well, the Colossus is in space now. We now we need food. Now we need. Uh, you know, we need to train our pilots because they sucked last time. And now we need to get some supplies and, you know, like getting away from this, you know, this storyline of just like, let's keep the fucking Colossus afloat and kind of moving into a little bit more interesting, digging into some Star Wars lore outside of just uh, what they're immediately dealing with on the Colossus. Yeah, I mean, if anything, and I, we are going to get first order, man. I'm, this image looks boss. I mean, the, these troopers, are it's a whole new style, so I'll be interested to see what this is all about. Um, but, it, I mean, even if, it, even if they're just at the end, the fact that they're going to touch into the whole mysticism of Star Wars with the, with the Sith Temple, I mean, that, that's enough for me to get a little excited. Agreed, so. Agreed. I, I have hope for this next next episode. I think it's going to be what episode seven, um, and like I said, I, I think we might get one or two more before it takes a little break, and then we'll be on the final run. So hopefully, the second half of the season, as it I, I believe will probably close out end of April, something like that. You know, maybe maybe shit will get nuts, kind of like season one. I mean, the second half of season one was clearly better than the first, and maybe that's what we're headed for with season two here. Uh, that's at least what I hope. Yeah, I I hope for that as well because. I really, I really did like the back half of season one for for Resistance. Season, the first half of season one was it was good. A lot of character set up, a lot of getting to know the people that you're going to be following for a long time, and then season and then you know second half ramped up really well. I was hoping that we would kind of continue that that high pace in season two, but it looks like they slowed down. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, these guys know that they're working with the last season of this show and. And they really bring it home in a big way. So well, you would hope they know <laughs> yeah, that, considering know, right? this is their fucking job. So hopefully, someone told them because the rest of us know that this series is over at the end of the season. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah, we typically say goodbye at this point in time, but we knew it'd be a little light. So uh, I stumbled upon some pretty, pretty important insights into the Mandalorian today as I was doing my daily circle jerk online, just looking at Star Wars stuff and. Uh, the one was just a straight slip, I think, from Pedro, or it isn't as big of a deal as everyone's making it out to be. And the other one is something I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't notice it. And I, I'm now, I'm kind of kicking myself, Nick, because when I saw the doctor the first time, I was like, that fucking uniform reminds me of something. Yeah. But I didn't do my due diligence, and I had to rely on some guy on Twitter to spot it out. But uh, we got a little little insights into Dr. Pershing, too. But before we get to him, Nick, let's get to the first insights into The Mandalorian, which I've already seen it three times, and I might watch it again tonight. I just fucking love it. I, I love this series. I love it. I love the music. I love the, the pace, everything. But anyways... Today, we learned from Pedro himself, the actual Mandalorian, what the Mandalorian's name is. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know if it's as big of a deal as everyone's making it out to be because, I mean, this guy is a pro. He understands about NDAs. And this was in an official interview. It's not like he got jumped somewhere I and mean, he's literally sitting down and talking about it. Uh, but uh, we have a video from Screen Slam, and I actually did a video uh, myself just to kind of talk about it. Please check it out. Star Wars Time Show on YouTube. But, I mean, he says straight up, uh, the Mandalorian's name is Din Djarin. Yeah. 
Dinjarin, something like that. I mean, I've got spellings like D-Y-N-J-A-R-R-E-N. If you watch my video, my last spelling was D-Y-N-J-A-R-R-I-N-A-B-C-D-E-F-G-H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P. I'm not kidding. Check it out on YouTube. So what do you think, Nick? I mean, do you think this was a fumble or do you think it was like we, we as fans, because they were kind of keeping the name hidden during uh, pre-promo before it launched, we kind of built it up like it was going to be some mega reveal that would melt our faces yeah i i I tend to agree with you that this isn't some sort of mega fumble usually when shit like that happens it's on like you know they're on the late night shows they're just kind of riffing with the the host and then they're like oh shit i I wasn't supposed to say that exactly Um, but yeah this was a like official tv interview and he could have eat like literally he could have just said like hey can you cut that out in post because i'm not supposed to say yeah that's what i was gonna (laughs) say it's like if anything this was pre-scripted at the end or right then. He can be like, oh, fuck, uh, let's go back and just cut that and roll. Right, Ready? Action. Yeah, exactly. So I think that the name is probably not that big of a deal. Like the fact that he said it's probably not that big of a deal for us. It's very Star Wars. Yeah, know. yeah. Din, Din Jaren. I mean, that sounds per- perfectly Star Wars related. I mean, that falls right in line with a lot of other shit that we've you know seen and heard throughout the years. Um, but... I think, you know, I think we were all, like like you said, as fans, we're all like, oh, my God, is it going to be like fucking, is he going to be like Din Fett? Is he going to be like, you know, is he going to be like fucking Bosk Fett? Or like, like Jester Maria? Yeah, like, it's just coming up with like trying to figure <laughs> out what this name's going to be was a huge thing for us. But like, it, well, that's what we do, yeah. right? We, we sit here and go nuts over fake sci-fi stuff. I mean, literally, that's what we do. Yeah. And... And I like it. I mean, I'm not like pissed, like, fuck, did Jerry, that's fucking stupid. It's just like, well, I guess, hey, again, we, we had our high beams on the wrong thing. Yeah. Once again, which we, we're good at. I mean, if MSW's known for hitting on leaks, we're known for missing by miles on speculation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, our, that's our key thing. But that's why we do it. We like to speculate <laughs> and see, like, are we close? Are we even, like, in the fucking ballpark? Most of the time we yeah. aren't, but... We like yeah, we're not even fucking close. Not yeah. like we're we're in the unknown regions at this oh, point. Oh yeah, we're we're way out there. But yeah, I mean, Din Jaren, it's well, a good. Name. We also have this with with his name, right? I mean, he's a self-admitted foundling, which I think you and I have kind of spitballed that that's just a a uh, fancy way of saying he was an orphan, probably a Mandalorian orphan. Either way, he was taken in by Mandalorians in a very similar fashion to our buddy Jango Fett which Nick and I did a little study se- session before this to truly get the lineage of Django. And he is not a proper Mandalorian. Uh, but if you read a story, I don't know how much of it is canon, it does sound technically like a, a foundling case where he was, his real parents were killed. These actual Mandalorians took him in. He adop- they adopted him. <clears throat> he adopted their way of life. And then that's where he you know, got his armor and the Mandalorian, his skills and all that yeah. shit. But uh, so, I mean, Din Jaren may not even be his true name. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't know. Din Jaren could just be what he's going by now. Like, he has no living family. We, we've already learned that in, in the first episode. Like, he, his family is dead. He, he's a loner. Um, so, this, this name, Din Jaren, yeah, he may tell that to somebody and say, like, yeah, this is my name, Din Jaren. Like, I still yeah, want to know what that signet line means. I, I, I watched it again last night, and she, she literally says, has your signet been named yet? 
Okay, yeah, that's definitely a like, kid that's going to be a song. What the fuck is she talking about? But yeah, so hey, we know the Mando's name. We're still probably not going to see his face for a good while. I mean, I, I at this point, even that tease we saw the lady lifting it, I, I've I've seen further uh, evidence that he rejects that. He's like, "Yo, get the fuck that's off like, my helmet," yeah. and, and puts it back down. So hey. It's our man Din, Din Jaren. Who knows? I mean, his name will be legendary, right? Yeah, yeah. And hey, look, you Here can, we go. You can and make now we a, know it. a non-famous name legendary. People, don't worry about that. Well, it, it could now we could spin it as maybe she's giving him some opportunity to do something insane. Yeah, you know, like fucking galaxy changing. And now we know he's got a baby Yoda. I mean, fuck yeah, it could be big galaxy. Like you changing. could literally yeah be legend with this fucking Yoda baby. So. Right. So speaking of Yoda, baby, we're going to move into our next revelation here for the Mandalorian. And that is the fact that Dr. Pershing is a Camino scientist. Yeah. How do we know that? Well, if you look on his arm patch, it's a dead nuts identical symbol to what the clones wore on Camino. I've got the video out there with all the visual evidence for you. Because, uh, you know, we're probably not, I, I might throw him into the cast video. Why not? Depends if I'm feeling lazy or not. But. So, I mean, Nick, that, that sheds a ton of light on this dude and why they were after the baby Yoda. So here, here's kind of my theories here. Whoever uh, is in control of Kamina at this point, I mean, the Empire did take it over, and did they kind of fuck with it during Operation Cinder 2? I mean, I, I remember that was a campaign mission in yeah. Battlefront 2. Yes. Either way, Kamino is probably being manned by some shady motherfuckers. Yeah. And the fact that this guy wants in a live specimen of a Yoda species baby implies that, as we said last night, I mean, we didn't know he was a Camino scientist, but we were kind of uh, making educated Star Wars guesses that this dude probably just doesn't want it to raise as his own. He probably wants to mangala it and either do experiments or now potentially clone it. Yeah. Cl- uh, th- it could be a fucking clone of Yoda at this point for all we know, and they lost it, and that's why they want it back. I mean, it's an asset. That's why he wants it alive. Like, shit, that's all we had of the Yoda DNA from when he was fighting Palpatine in the in the Senate chamber. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we like, can't let that thing get away. We're going to make it a dark side Yoda, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they could need him to feed Palpatine's life force. Yeah. They're just cloning Yoda babies so Palpatine can eat them and sustain <laughs> his life. But I think that we now know this dude is tied to Kamino is, is huge. Yeah, it, it changes the game completely because if he was just like a – you know, a, a, an imperial remnant scientist, then like that kind of changes probably a little bit what what you can expect from him. He's probably, you know, doing experimentation for sure, but not with any particular purpose. Like now that we know he worked on Camino and he is a he is familiar with the cloning process and and everything that goes along with with that scientific realm within Star Wars. It, it, it opens up a world of possibilities. I mean, one that we talked about before is essentially trying to harness the force in a way where you could where you could virally transmit it to whoever you want it to. Exactly. Like if, if you're not born with a force affinity, kind of like Captain America was born like a beanpole, but then they shot him up with some mega roids and he became Captain America. It, same thing here. It's like, hey, okay, you're not predis- predispositioned to have midichlorians in your system, but... We figured out how to do it artificially. Yeah, exactly. Like that is. So do you, do you think, Nick? I think we even mentioned this last night. 
I mean, could they potentially be wanting Yoda baby genes and, and to science him to create the Sith Trooper Legion? Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've heard about that is a direct tie into Episode Nine. is that the, the Sith Troopers here, and, you know, this is speculation. I don't know if, if this was even in the leaks, but, like, the Sith Troopers are said to be Force-sensitive, and it's very hard to come across a, an army of people to, to make you know, to be force sensitive. Like, yes, there, we had an entire Jedi order back in the days of the grand yeah, Republic true, and stuff like that. True. But like now, nowadays, you know, post the, the, the great Jedi purge, like you don't typically find force users in that, no, in those numbers. So it could, it's definitely a possibility that this, that purging is linked to operation sender. And his role was to like, Hey, I want a fucking force sensitive army, motherfucker, figure out how to do it. And yeah, I, I mean, I 100% think that all this is geared towards and tied to the formation of the new world order, which is the first order. Uh, I, I think this guy is tied to whatever shady powers or, or pulling the puppet strings in the background. That, that, and all this is going to lead to the first order, its war machine, and potentially the, the Sith troopers, which have been hanging out in the unknown regions for all we know. So. It was huge getting this. I mean, huge. I loved it. I, I was like, again, I wanted to kick myself and punch my teeth out for missing it. But just getting that clarity has has really helped my speculative mind kind of start to shape more theory for the Mandalorian. And now, obviously, the, the clear plot line is going to be him protecting this little Yoda baby. Yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic find. And it really does color a lot of what we can expect from this Yoda baby storyline and, and, and who general Pershing is as a, you know, as a person, as a, as a character in the show. I mean, is he, you know, another thing you could talk about with Pershing is like, is he completely, you know, uh, loyal to the Imperial remnant? Is he potentially looking? I don't to think so. Sides? You can even tell yeah, he was, it's just cause I watched it like a hundred times. He was definitely like, Ooh, you know, eh. he's, I don't think he's directly working with the client. Uh, I mean, because he pretty much comes in like, hey, that wasn't part of the deal. Yeah. I, I believe, like, you know, I mean, the client clearly is probably involved in some super shady shit. He could be involved in the formation of the new empire, a.k.a. the First Order. Uh, but I think they're all, I mean, they're all kind of tied together, and there's probably a main puppet master behind the scenes. Is it Snoke? Is it Palpatine? Who knows, but uh, clearly this guy, the client, the Yoda baby, their plans for it, I believe is all tied towards the creation of the First Order. Yeah, I can. And trying to get, you know, they're trying to get a jump on things. You know, we, we lost the last time because they had a better force guy. You know, let, let's, let's amp up our force powers. We can cheat. Let's clone. Oh, yeah, the Camino ends. Remember them? Let's get Pershing over there and see what he can do Mangala style. Yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, we've got some Yoda genes from Palpatine in their fight. I mean, I'm just throwing shit out there. But it, it, it definitely gives at least me some clarity as to, okay. And we even said it last night. I mean, the guy's a doctor. He wants a Yoda baby it was pretty clear that he wanted it for nefarious reasons. And now it's just, it's crystal clear that, okay, they're either trying to clone the thing or do some sort of uh, genetic sciencing to enhance their war machines. Let's think about two seconds on this. Cause I think you may be almost fucking dead on with 
this this idea that it's a clone. So an actual clone of you. Yeah, yeah. Because end of rots. What's the time? Okay, so end of rots from end of rots until until the beginning of A New Hope is 19 years, roughly. Right, yeah, I was going to say. Because this baby's 50 years old, so I'm trying to, like, math it out. He would have had, so he would have, Palpatine would have had the cloak from Yoda, and then obviously he kind of, you see Yoda scratch that that seat on the Senate. So he would have Yoda DNA at the end of Rots. 19 years to the beginning, then you cover what, I don't know, 10, it's not many. Yeah, it's like, it's only like three, maybe five years max yeah. from New Hope to Jedi. So, it, it, I mean, the, the, the time doesn't add up. Yeah, it up. doesn't quite fit. But, but I mean, I mean, accelerated uh, growth. Sheev, I mean. Sheev was in she was in the fucking capital for decades as a senator. Oh, yeah, true, true. I mean, he was still a Sith then, right, people? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it may not be he collected the DNA during their fight. It could have been at any time he was on Coruscant in the same room as you. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, one of the things that is the hallmark of, of Camino cloning is accelerated growth rates. So, like, even if we're only, even if he did get it at the ah, end yeah, of that, Rots. Yep, like, you're, you're exactly right. So, exactly right. So, I mean, it, that's an interesting one, and I don't think. All right, <laughs> give us the fucking trophies right now, people. We just solved the mystery. We don't even have to watch the remaining seven episodes or season two. It's done. Yeah. We've just explained the Mandalorian to you. There we go. This is what we're here for. Now, just we'll just wait until the season one ends, and then we're 55 miles away from whatever the fucking real thing is. Oh, yeah. No, it's we're, we guaranteed missed the mark by a couple uh, parsecs for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about but it's it. But that's what's but fun it, about this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun to do it while you think you're right. So why Absolutely. not? All right. Well, I mean, that kind of wraps this little special topic episode. Did a little resistance, did a little Mandalorian. I kind of liked it. But as I said, next week, we're going to switch things up at least until the Mandalorian ends, which will be December 27th. It's just too much Star Wars to talk about, let alone we got a fucking game coming out on Friday. We got Nick going to Galaxy's Edge next week. We got Tross coming in almost a month at this point. I mean, it is getting Star Wars hectic these days at Star Wars Time HQ. So hopefully you're having fun going on this ride with us. A lot of great Star Wars stuff coming down the pike, and you know your bros will be talking about it. So in between now and then, please get your happy asses over to StarWarsTime.net. Get yourself acquainted with the site. Look at it. I mean, some of you even today were DMing you questions like, hey, if you're just paying attention to StarWarsTime.net, we've already got that stuff out there for you. So do it. Get yourself subbed up if you're not already. If you like what you're hearing, please sub up, like, rate, and review. Or if you prefer it on YouTube, you can find us at youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. And of course, we'd appreciate your sub there and clicking that little thumbs up. It does more than you can imagine for us. It pumps up our ego. It keeps us motivated. And it also tells the Google overlords that people kind of like us. And that means more people will get exposed to us, at least with our pants on. Okay, remember, Nick only takes his pants off when we force bond. All right, my friends, there's always time for Star Wars time. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you always. (laughs) 